In this episode, I take you through the 6P launch framework, which is the basis for everything that I do in my business. And it's based on my 14 years experience of launching projects. Now I looked at the six key areas that cause most projects to fail. And I use that as a basis for developing a formula for success. Now, whenever I see a project fail or fall short, it's because of one of these six elements missing. So listen up and find out exactly the six components that you need to consider and have in place for a successful launch. Welcome to the Launch Strategist Podcast with your host, Katrina Douglas, author, trainer, and launch strategist for corporate leaders, helping you launch projects that light you up, make money, and get you closer to the goals that matter. The first P is purpose. So, the first P is, what is your why? What is your why? Why are you doing what you're doing? Um, And so I always say that your project should tick three P's. You probably guess that I like P's. And so you have to be very clear on what you're passionate about, what problem you solve, and where the money is. And so you have to be clear on why are you doing this? And so, and you will hear this come through even subconsciously in every, when I talk. So my purpose is legacy. Like I want to equip an army of legacy builders. And it's so strong for me. It's so compelling for me that I cannot talk to you about what I do without telling you my why. And actually a lot of people work with me, not because of what I do, but it's because of why I do it. And it's an important pe- point that people miss, that people, uh buy stories uh they buy they buy into your why they don't they they buy in less to your what than they do your why and you have to remember that people buy and make decisions on two levels a heart level and a head level okay so whatever you're doing has to resonate with people at a head level so a logical level like it has to make sense it they have they have to understand the need they have to understand um the the product uh the the problem that you solve they have to understand that Um, But they also have to be compelled at a heart level. And so, in fact, almost like the heart level is more important. So let me give you an example. When you go into a store and you see a dress and you try that dress on and you're like, oh, my gosh, this dress is everything. It looks so good on me. That is a heart decision. Then we look at the price tag. And then even if or even if we looked at it before, we're like, okay, we then justify the decision logically. We make the heart decision, like I need this dress in my life. And then we make the decision logically. And that's the same with um, most people. So you have to tap into that. And it's important that your message connects with people at the heart and the head level. And that starts with your why. The next thing is you have to know what you're launching. And so um, it's important that you're re- you realize that you're not you're not so you're not selling okay if you're selling a book for example you're not really selling the book you're selling a transformation 
you're selling um you're selling outcomes okay people don't people buy outcomes and i think it's so important so you have to understand what you're selling selling from a tangible point of view and be very clear on what is your service you need to be able to explain to people very swiftly you know what what is your service um but it's also you're not just selling the thing you're selling a transformation so you have to be clear on what is the transformation that you're providing for example i'm a launch strategist like i've said um and so I'm telling you the transformation of being in this place where you want to launch something, but you have zero clue how to do it or a rough idea or maybe an inclination to the point where you have a complete launch strategy and you know exactly what you're doing and you're fully equipped to launch it and you're confident about launching it and you have everything that you need to launch that project successfully. That is a transformation that I'm selling you. I'm not really selling you the six P's. I'm not selling you marketing. I'm selling you the transformation. I'm selling you the fact that it could be the difference between you launching successfully and you not. That is the transformation. So you have to ask yourself, what is the transformation that you are selling? What is your purpose? How how does that connect to your purpose? So, you know, I hope this is all making sense. I hope this is all making sense. And then your product. So what is it exactly? Exactly. And, you know, I've been in this place where when I first launched, started my business and it was like, people would ask me, oh, what do you do or what do you sell? And all I could come up with was a marketing strategy. And it's just like, people didn't even really understand what is marketing strategy, what is that? And so we have to be able to explain what we sell in really, really, you know, plain and simple layman's terms. So, you know, what is in your product mix? What is in your product roadmap? So. What is the range of services and products that you are offering? What is the range of services and products that you're offering? Um, what are your price points? How are you making money? So another thing here is pricing and, and goal setting. Well, goal setting isn't in this, it's in purpose. But, you know, people will say, I want to make X amount a year, uh, X amount of money a year. But then when you look at what they're offering, the math doesn't work. So if you say that you want to make X amount of year, which is fine, whatever you want to make is fine. But you have to know that you have the product mix that is going to facilitate that. So you have to be able to say, OK, how many products or how many of this service do I need to sell in order to meet that target? So, you know, you have to be clear on what you're selling and, and what's involved. And so even when people ask you to explain, you can explain it clearly. What, what do you sell? You know, um, and again, this much of this goes back to clarity because people if people are confused they won't buy you can have an amazing product but people go to your website and they're like what what i don't understand it's not that they don't want it or they don't need it they just don't understand so we have to make it crystal clear to them what it is we're selling what are the benefits they're offering and how they can buy it and that's another thing that's often we shy away from we we do this thing where we talk a lot about our services we talk a lot about what we do but then we miss out that final step okay now if i want it how can i buy it you know um so it's really important so the next thing is is people so you first need to do a skills audit and and so this is where i have been terrible and this has really slowed my growth um because i somehow convinced myself that i could do it all alone that i didn't really need people i could i was ambitious enough i was skilled enough i could do it alone and it's totally it's totally um slowed my growth and it's only in the last year or so where i've literally been deliberate about getting people on board to help me uh, getting 
you know, a coach, getting a VA, getting people and actually delegating and actually asking for help that actually things have really began, you know, really significantly changed. I really see the difference because no man is an island. So the first thing is you need to do a skills audit. You need to be honest about what are you good at? What are you not so good at? And 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 make the decision about, OK, what are you going to do all yourself and where do you need to get help? So you need to identify the skills gaps. So what does your project need? What can you do and where do you need to find help? Where you need to find help from? And I know a lot of times we think, oh my gosh, it's gonna be cheaper to do it myself. And often it's not, it costs us years because we're trying to do things ourselves. And you have to really get to the point where, you know, it's cheaper to find people that can do it in a short amount of time. And so, you know, literally i have had to make and so many of us have had to make so many financial sacrifices to sow into our businesses and get the support that we need but it's worth it because it will accelerate your progress and we stagnate our own growth when we try and do everything ourselves um any advice on the sales dimension to close the deal i'm terrible at that and do everything for free <laughs> do you know what i've been there i've been there so let me just answer that question okay so it's a mindset thing. So you have to understand that selling is a mutual exchange of value. When you sell something, you are not taking from somebody, you are adding from them. Now, there are people on this planet that sell and they're taking, but if you are a person of integrity, which I believe you are, and you believe that you are establishing this because there is a real need for it and, and people need your help and you know you're adding value then you should not be shy about selling and i'm going to touch on this actually this is one of my points for later on but you know you should not be shy about selling and you have to understand that selling is a mutual exchange of value you give something valuable and the other person gives something valuable so they give money but you give your expertise you give your skills which in oftentimes is more valuable than the money that they're giving you so you have to First, it's, it's a matter of perspective. And then you have to really believe in what you're selling. If you really believe, the, you know, in what you're selling, you can also, you also need to get confident about it. And so you have to know that what you're selling people need and to not sell is to do them a disservice. And to not sell is to prohibit people from solving a need that they need solved. So a lot of this is mindset. And then confidently, even when it feels uncomfortable, if someone, you have a discussion and you know in your heart that someone needs your service, you sell, you, you say, okay, this is my service and this is how much it costs. And another reason why it is so important because free devalues what we offer. It really devalues. And I'm not saying that there's not times to do things for free because I still do things for free, but you know, there has to be a good reason why I'm doing it for free. I have to feel really compelled. It's not something I do, you know, automatically anymore. There are certain times when I do things for, for free. I'm not saying never to do that, but that should not be your norm because, you know, when people, people place less value on free than they do on paid. And sometimes it's more about them, them valuing and really, really um, doing the work because people are going to be more committed to the outcome if they put their money in their pocket um, to pay for it. Okay, so that's what I would say. And you just have to be confident on, you know, putting your price on things um, and calling people to action and not 
And, and another thing that we do, another thing that we do is if we're not confident in what we're charging, we then try and justify the price tag. We try and explain it away. Stop talking. Give people the price and let them come back to you. You know, and another example that I want to give, another example that I want to give. Sometimes we assume that people cannot afford it. And I would like to say to you is, how would you feel if you went to view a house and that person, that person assumed you couldn't afford the house? Even if you couldn't afford it, you would feel some type of way about it. You know, you would feel some type of way about them feeling like we can't afford it. It's not our job to find out, to, to work out how people are going to buy our services. Our job is to make sure that we have a service that we need, that they need, that we, we are only selling to people that we genuinely believe need our services. And then we provide a price. That's it. And deliver a great service. That's what we do. How people afford our services is not our responsibility. And I don't know why, what we all do, it. we all take responsibility. We're like, oh, maybe they can't afford it. Well, if they can't afford it, they'll tell you. They'll tell you, you know? Um, it's not our responsibility to work out how people pay for our services. It's it's theirs. Um, and I think that ultimately, when we really want something, um, we'll find the money for it, ultimately. Um, we all know that. Go back to the red dress example. I've done it. Like, I've known, you know, I want this dress, but really? Mm, that money could go to somewhere else. But you know what? I think that I, I kind of deserve this dress and maybe we do some wranglings and we find the money somewhere, you know? So when it comes to our personal growth, when it comes to things that we need, you know, it's important. People will always find money for things that are important enough to them. So that's what I would say. That's what I would say. Okay. So let me just double check if there's anything that I needed to tell you. Um, in relation to um, people, um, no. Okay. Oh, just one more thing on people. Just when you're thinking about your your, a lot of people speak about ideal customers, um, but I would say it's very important to think about not just who you want to serve, but who you don't want to serve. Like for me, it's a, it's been a very deliberate decision. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't support people that. Not that I don't support it. That's the wrong word. But I don't. The people that I want to work with are not people that are just are launching courses or launching digital products or, or launching. That's not my target people. I don't. There's great people out there to serve them. But as for me, those are not the type of groups that I don't I want to work with. Accountants, the industry doesn't really appeal to me. And I feel like if I'm going to work with people, especially closely over an extended period of time, over an extended period of time, which is often what I do, um, I need to be passionate and invested in in what they're launching. So you know, think about the people that you don't want to work with as much as the people that you do want to work with and, and be focused on that. Be focused on that. And a lot of what I will say about this, and a lot of people are scared of niching down and getting too focused. Um, but, you know, it's it's a false economy to spread yourself too thin because too thin, because actually when you try and serve everybody, you try and serve no one. And so it's important to be very clear. And I think you have to also remember that a lot of the biggest companies, they started narrow and went wide. And so even if you look at Amazon, now they do everything, but that's not where they started. That's not where they started. They started with books. 
Do you know what I mean? They started niche. They started with online books. Now they do everything, but that's not where they started. So especially when you're starting out, start narrow and then go wide. Establish yourself in one arena, dominate that area, get, get really good. And I always say better to dominate in a, a stream or a river than to get lost in an ocean. You know, so um, so it's a niche down as well. Niche down. Don't be afraid of niching down. Okay, so how will they know about you? And this is a massive one, a massive one, a massive one. And so um, we can really barely touch the surface, but I like to say, keep it simple. Choose one primary channel. So whether that be the one that is best for your audience. So don't think about where you want to, where you want to sit or where you want to be, but think about where your audience is. Choose one primary marketing tactic. And this is again, just to begin with, when you master one area, you can add to it. So for example, for me, it's LinkedIn. My, 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 um, my weekly staple is my LinkedIn live and everything comes off the back of that. So it's one thing and that goes on YouTube that um, influences my podcast episode, that looks at influences the email that I send. And so it's one main thing, sliced and diced and repurposed into, um, into multiple areas. And then you have one main target audience that you're trying to target so that your message really resonates with them. And then you typically have five themes that you talk about. So obviously you have your niche area, but what are the five themes that you wanna talk about? So for me, I actually have six. So right now everything that I talk about is related to my six Ps and there's these six Ps basically. And so keep marketing really simple. That's the first thing, one channel, one tactic, five topics that you talk about, one main call to action. What do you want people to do? And let them know how to do it. So keep it really, really, really simple. If you have any questions about marketing, please drop them in the comments and I will answer them because I know normally this is an area that a lot of people have um, questions about. So if you do have questions about marketing, then, and then just uh, let me uh, know um, because there's so many directions I could absolutely go with this. Um, so always have a call to action. So whether it be to um, get people on your mailing list or sign up for something or a direct sale, or even if it's just let me know what you think or it's seeking to get engagement, it doesn't always have to be selling your thing. Um, but also, but always let people know um, where you want them to go next. Um, just a quick word on websites. I feel like a lot of people launch websites prematurely. Don't launch your website until you're very clear about the purpose that it needs to solve. Um, the purpose that it needs to solve. Um, so, so why are people going to your website? Um, I keep it super simple. So, okay, so what did I say? So the first one is one main, main channel. So whether that be uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, a podcast or whatever it is, one major channel, one major ta marketing activity. So one thing that you do consistently, so that might be you know, a weekly podcast that you repurpose into multiple areas. That might be uh, a video that you do um, just one, maybe that, that might be a blog post, that's one major piece of marketing activity that you repurpose and you share in various ways. And then you have five topics that you talk about that are related to your product and service. So mine are the six Ps and those are the six areas that I speak about. And then uh, next is one main call to action. So what do you want people to do next? Um, and you can have variations of that. So sometimes it can be um, you know, you might want engagement. So you might ask people to uh, 
so you, you might ask people to um, engage in your content, that sort of thing. So, uh, yeah. So, um, and again, one thing I want to say here as well is there's no hard and fast rules. If you get marketing is all about being creative and, 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 and trying different things. And no one can ever say to you that this marketing strategy is going to work for you all the time. There's there's a lot of testing that needs to take place for you to find out what really what's really going to work for you. So really try something. If it doesn't work, don't be afraid to change, but have fun with it. And, you know, a lot of people say that I don't have I, I don't know how to do marketing. I don't have great ideas. And then I ask them, you know, how do you think you could promote this? Or and I, and I really push for ideas, and I realize they have some great ideas. So actually, you're probably a better marketer than you think. And don't ask yourself, is this a marketing thing? Um, uh, does this fit into marketing? Because marketing is simply getting people to know, like, and trust you enough to buy from you. That's all it is: getting people to know, like, and trust you enough to buy from you. So if you do anything that you do that encourages in that that helps people to know, like, and trust you and, and ultimately buy from you, then that's marketing. Get creative with it. Don't be tied down. Don't be in a box because I often tell people the, the best marketers are people that aren't classically trained in marketer, marketing. And actually, a lot of the stuff that I learned at university on marketing, I had to unlearn because it doesn't work anymore. Um, so yeah, um, trust your gut, have fun and get creative with it. Test, pivot and learn basically is what I say um, when it comes to marketing. Okay, so your process, how will it work? Um, there's lots of processes. So one is um, your service delivery, pro one is your marketing process, okay? So how are you gonna market? So that links to what I said. So for example, if I just tell you my process, um, every Sunday, or I try to, um, do it monthly doesn't always work but once a week at least I will think to myself okay what am I sharing on social media uh, this week what are my five themes um, do I have call to actions in there do I have sales related content do I have value adding content do I have a good mix of content am I staying consistent and I'll map out my content then I will have posts on LinkedIn um, every day then once a month, I will have a LinkedIn blog article. And of course, once a week, I will have my LinkedIn Live. That is my process. Then when I finish a series of, of LinkedIn Live, so a lot of my lives are part of the series, they get turned into a LinkedIn article with shortcuts to each of the episodes in that series. That is my process. Also, every week, what I'll do, well, not every week, I've actually not done an email in a few weeks, but based on my, my musings of that week or my most prominent thought, I will send out an email to my base. So that is my process. So what is your marketing process? You need to have a process for a number of reasons. One, it makes your life easier. And two, you have to think like a business. So you're not always going to be the sole person in your business or it's not just going to be you and another person. So you need to have processes in place so that as your team grows, you can say, OK, this is how I market my business. This is how it works here's the process, now you can implement it. You know, then you need to have your service delivery process. So how do you deliver your service? So what happens? From the time people press the buy button, what happens next? Um, uh, how, how do they buy the product? Uh, what is the thank you email? What emails do they get after that? What is the customer support that they offer that you offer? What is the after sales? Um, are you offering any, any upsells? So what is your process, your end-to-end -end process? And there's so much in processes, but it's so important because what a lot of people 
um, don't realize is the value of your business will be in your processes. And if all your knowledge is in your head, and not embedded in your businesses and your systems and your processes, then it actually devalues your business over time. So it's important to have a process for everything and start as you mean to go on. Don't wait. Think like a big, think big, even when you're small. So start small and think big. And big businesses always have processes. And I worked for a German company for five years. Um, and at the time, I remember the processes used to get on my last nerve. It was there was literally a process for everything. But you know what? I know how important it is because it worked like a system. And yes, you have to make sure it doesn't kill creativity, but that's how they were able to grow and become so successful is because they have so they have these processes and they have these structures and they have those these systems in place. And it's it's really, really important. Okay. Okay, so the next thing is profit. And so, you know, one of the things here is is related to pricing. And so you have to make sure that you've got good profit margins. You have to be clear on your numbers. How many products do you need to sell? How many clients do you need to reach your goals, uh, to cover your costs and all of those things? And um, you also need to plan into the future. So not just where you want to be in the next few months, but where do you want to be in the next the next few years? And just have an idea of what does profit look like? And it doesn't always go to plan. But like I said, if you don't have a plan, you know you're less likely to get there chances you'll end up somewhere that you never intended to be and when you do have a plan even though you'll probably have to change it it will anchor you like i've mentioned before so you have to have clear success metrics what does success look like for you um i like to talk about here as well as income goals impact goals so not just how much money you want to make but how many people that you want to impact how many lives that you want to change um that's important too um, and have a clear sales process. So, you know, what happens after people you make that? How do you make the sale? And what happens after you have made that sale? So those that's a very kind of high level overview of the six P's and the six elements that I always use um, in any launch, any launch process and the six areas that you absolutely need to think about. So if you need support launching your next significant project using the 6P launch framework, then visit thelaunchstrategist.com for an overview of all the services that I offer. There are four core offerings available. The first is my online program, Revive, which is the A to Z of launching a project successfully. Then I do a six month mastermind, which is a group coaching program. I also offer a one-to-one -one six-month mentorship program. And last but not least, you can also attend my legacy conference where we will build out your launch strategy in person across two days, a very high-end, very intimate event in central London. And you can find out more about that event at legacyconference.co.uk.